ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on DK Sports Radio Network. This is your host, Jared Prugar, and I thank you, as always, for tuning in this week. Today, we're going to talk about Penn State linebackers, commonly known as and referred to as linebacker U. The Penn State linebackers, in my opinion, struggled at times last year with assignments and tackling, uh, more often than not, especially at the beginning of the year. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about why why that was. Now, obviously, the practices were modified because of COVID, and that's a struggle in itself. But tackling is something that you learn and that you've done and demonstrated year after year from the moment you put pads on. So it's not something that's a new concept. But when you don't practice it every day, you do kind of lose it. And that's not... You know, that's not indicative of the player that you are, but that's just the nature of, of what it was like and in, in the issues that they had. And that's at times unfortunate, of course, but, you know, it, it's it was created by the circumstances. And there's not much hitting anymore during practices and during the week anyway because of safety issues and, and those sort of things. So you get into live games and you have to tackle somebody and that makes it tough. Um, now, of course, the Penn State linebackers... You know, we we talked about we talk about Micah Parsons all the time, and, and losing him before the season even started, um, that didn't help at all. It forced some things to be shut, forced some players to be shuffled around, and and that sort of thing. And out of that came Ellis Brooks as the middle linebacker, and then Jace, Jesse Lucetta and Brandon Smith as the outside backers, and they all appeared in in every game or, or started at, at least eight or the nine games, and that's huge. That's that that experience is very beneficial now as you'll see in my um my most recent piece for dk sports uh dk pittsburgh sports um i i profiled those three i profiled the linebackers this week and i think what's what's great about them is that they're athletic and they're experienced now now they were experienced going into their soft um going into the 2020 season but it was just a situation where you know the odds were stacked against them and, and it's not their fault by any means um the issues that that surrounded the program uh, to start the season going zero and five, but they did not do much of them much of themselves much of themselves justice. Now this isn't Kyle Farmer being terrible in run support or or being bad at a lot of things really, um, but these guys are, are overly aggressive and that's going to cause issues no matter who they are, whether you're Micah Parsons whatever. But that's the way that Brent Pry teaches. That's that he is an aggressive defensive coordinator um, at the second level, and that's huge for them. And I think that's important to note, too, because there are going to be missed assignments. There are going to be missed tackles. You know, you're, you're not going to be perfect. I tell this to my, my baseball players all the time. You know, sports are, are games of failure. You're not – one team's going to lose every game um, unless there is a tie. But in most situations, that's not the case. But you, the game of life and the game of, of sports – are, are built and surrounded by failure. You're not going to go out there and be perfect each and every time you step on the field. And it's okay if you're not. But last year when those time, when they weren't perfect, it cost them. Now, with their experience and their athleticism, I think that's, that's a huge um, – it's huge for them moving forward because now they can let those players play in space. And I think that's huge too. I mean, you've seen Brandon Smith get some interceptions. You've seen Ellis Brooks in the backfield. And you see Jesse Lucchetta Jesse flying all over the field. Um, so, I mean, they have an excellent opportunity uh, to, to build on what they, what they learned and what they did in 2020. And I think that's huge moving forward for the Nittany Lions as they gear up for spring ball, which starts March 15th, uh, I might add.
So that's huge as well. Uh, you've got, and I think these three, especially, and more so Brandon Smith than, than any of them because of just his ceiling, I think he's the next in line to be the next great Penn State linebacker. I think at the end of his career with the Nittany Lions, you're going to find his name up around those of Jack Ham, Sean Lee, LeVar Arrington, Micah Parsons even. And that's that's high praise for for an athlete like like Smith. Now, he's not quite the Brandon Smith that Penn State had a couple of years ago. He's a little bit more athletic, and I think his name's going to be called very often on uh on Sundays when he leaves Penn State uh in the not too distant future. But I think for right now, he's he's their best athlete in that position, and he's going to be able to lay the hit. He's going to be able to lay the hit and then he's going to be able to play in coverage as well, which makes him a versatile back his linebacker is um, and I think that versatility is huge. That means he doesn't always have to come off the field in certain situations. And I think that's that's invaluable for for Brent Pry and, and the way that he wants to run things. So moving forward, you know, I think they're still going to continue to be aggressive. I think on the back end, they're protected by the safety position. And on the corners, I think the corners are going to be pretty successful as well with, with the experience that they have. Um, Joey Porter Jr. got a, a – a multitude of experience this year. Then you also have Keaton Ellis as well. And I think those guys uh, are going to play, play well this year as well. But obviously up front, I think it is, is a position of, of question uh, with the defensive line. And we talked about that before. So it's up to that middle group that the linebackers to, to kind of set the tone. And the biggest thing that Lucetta did last year is he took a more of a leadership role as a captain. And, and when you get that, from a player and, and somebody that, that means that much to their team as Luketa does off the field. I think that's huge uh, moving forward for the Nittany Lions as well. So you have that captain on the field at, at, at more often than not on the defensive side of the football. So you have that. And to me, I think that's huge as well because he was one of the more outspoken guys on what, what they needed to do to get better. And then ultimately it did happen. So he's a guy that's going to get his teammates to buy in around him. And I think with the young guys up front and the guys that are have transferred in, having a guy like Luketa in that defensive team room is going to be huge uh, for Penn State, both on and off the field. Obviously, he's got the talent to play there. Uh, and I, I said this in my story. Um, he trains at, at times with Claude Giroux, the center for the Philadelphia Flyers, so because they both live in, in Ottawa, which I think is really cool. I think that's – I mean, that just shows the athleticism that, that he has – um, and his ability to to perform with a professional athlete uh, on his way to becoming one himself, and I think that that in and of itself is is huge for them. And I think Brooks is this cerebral guy uh, on the field, much like Lucetta, but he's a guy that that's not going to hurt you um, in any way. But he's he's not going to light it up. Although he did lead the team in, in tackles, he's going to be one of those guys that flies under the radar and has those sixty tackles that. And you're like, and you sit there, and you, wow, Brooks really did have a, a good year. He's not going to be one of those guys that just lights it up, and you're going to see him on highlight film after highlight film after highlight film. He's a guy that's going to get his job done to the best of his ability, and get his and and make the tackle and and, and follow what he's supposed to do. And more often than not, it's going to get done. And I think that's huge for the Nittany Lions moving forward as they gear up for the 2021 season. And with with that, I think that. That gives them a leg up because I do think that that right now, as it stands, without much of a well, with not a, a spring spring practice, um, I think right now they are probably those three, uh, for for what it's worth, are probably about top three um, groups in the Big Ten. I think they're right up there with the likes of Ohio State, 
um, Michigan and even Wisconsin as far as linebackers are concerned. And that's pretty pretty tough company uh, when you look at the Big Ten as a whole and how how um, how grinding the Big Ten schedule um, schedule really is uh, for the Nittany Lions. Now, when we come back, we'll we'll preview a little bit of spring ball and, and what to expect coming up for the Nittany Lions. With the return of spring ball and spring practices starting on March 15th, it's an excellent opportunity to, to see the, the flowers and the trees in bloom and to see, to see Penn State back on the field. Now, I don't believe that there's going to be a blue-white game, but with the way things are, I think that's an opportunity for Penn State maybe to make some money um, if they can do it in a safe and, and efficient manner as far as COVID protocols go. I know that uh, Governor Wolf has said that, that outdoor sports are open and, and open for business. Uh, albeit at reduced capacities, and I think that's excellent moving forward um, as I'm excited to get back into the stadiums and, and be able to watch games and watch watch these athletes perform and, and tell you their stories. Now, along with spring ball you, and spring practices, um, it's it's fun to note that, so, that Penn State's Pro Day is going to be uh, March 25th, and we talked about we, – we talk about all the time how, how well Penn State – performs at the combine and how some of their their athletes just are excellent at testers when it comes to their performances um at the combine and, and how they go about it and the man behind that is Dwight Galt we will be able to talk to Dwight Dwight Galt um here this week now that Penn State has weekly availability for their for James Franklin and their coaches um via Zoom so I think that's awesome moving forward just to see what what he does to get them in prime shape for testing because there isn't anything it's almost like like life liberty and and Penn State players performing well at the combine right so um they're going to test well i think you look at the guys that were invited to the NFL combine albeit virtually you look at Fryermuth uh Will Fries Michael Mennett Jason Owe Micah Parsons and Shaka Tony Fryermuth, Owe, and, and Parsons, I think, uh, I'll jump off the, the list at me as people that are going to test incredibly well. I think Shaka Tony is going to turn some heads with his athleticism and strength. Now, Fryermuth is tough because he had um, he had shoulder surgery, so I'm not quite sure where he will be at in his recovery um, and what he'll be able to do or not. But Dwight Galt is the man that, that makes it happen. And he is an uh, an excellent figure. Uh, he's been one of the the biggest and most prominent in the weight room uh, at Penn State since Franklin got there, and that's huge because prior to James Franklin and prior prior to Bill O'Brien, even um, there was the strength program at Penn State was was far lacking. We talk about their facilities all the time being behind, even though the Lash Building is is just turning twenty one this year or twenty two. But it's just one of those situations where it's always an arms race to see who can get bigger, bigger, stronger, faster, better facilities, um, and more quicker. Uh, and it just seems like a lot of those higher, higher level places just have never ending pits of money where they can they can get from. And obviously, Penn State football helps fund the athletic department uh, for the Nittany Lions as as a self sustaining force. But but Gold and and Fitzgerald before him, who was the strength coach. 
those guys have changed the game at, at Penn State, and that's part of the the part of the improvements of the last building is the ability to to have a bigger and, and wider and and, and more up to date weight room, and that and that's only just a couple of years since they've they've changed those things. So it's crazy to see how things change and how things change so quickly. And I think that's important to note, too, because it, it's one of those situations where, you know, you, if you're if you wait, you're behind. And if you're if you're on time, you're behind. And that's just the nature of college athletics. There's so much money involved and and you can say what you want until you, you're blue in the face about it. But it's not going to change. Uh, the NCAA is all about money. College athletics is all about money. It's the almighty dollar, and and that's the battle that you're fighting. But you know, and it is what it is when it comes to athletes making money off themselves and and being able to profit off their likenesses. And that's a story for another day. But there's just so much money involved in college athletics, and you know, if you're behind, then you're way behind. It, it's not it, when you think that you're you're right there, you're still behind the upper echelon teams like a Clemson, Alabama, or even an Ohio State who plays in the Big Ten with Penn State. So Gall, even with the resources that he has, is able to produce these these um, athletes and get the most out of them and prepare them for the combine. You know, you, you look at the combine a couple of years ago when Troy Apke was there, and Deion Sanders said, man, this boy can run, run. So guys like that you, that you don't really expect to have big days at the combine, go out and do it. And I, and I think that... Um, the Parsons and OA are going to have huge days at the Combine, and even Penn State's Pro Day, which is coming up on March 25th. So it'll be very interesting to see how they build and, and how they gear up for that and how Penn State has it set up because obviously there's got to be some social distance um, activities involved, and and it'll be interesting to see how many scouts are able to, to attend even in person or if that's even going to be a thing uh, because obviously the eye test and watching something on film is, is great, but you have to be there in person to really see it and really get a feel uh, for exactly what's going on. So it'll be interesting to see how they have that set up. Um, and with that, you know, that's obviously at the end of the month. Penn State, as I mentioned in the first segment, Penn State starts spring practice March 15th. Uh, we'll have James Franklin coming up on Monday, so we'll be able to have some words uh, with him from his press conference. Uh, Monday we'll get Dwight Galt as he prepares those athletes for the combine and for their pro days. So, we're, it's, we're starting to get geared back up for Penn State football, and I think it's the perfect time uh, to do so, and, and I can't wait to get back into Beaver Stadium and be able to, to tell you the stories and, and be able to tell you what's going on with, with Penn State football moving forward. Um, but for now, I will leave you with, I hope you have an incredible week, uh, safe and healthy, and I thank you all again for listening. I will talk to you next week. Enjoy. Enjoy.